This is something I've never, I don't believe, spoken on in the month of December. Um, but because of the schedule and the way the fast starts this year on the 6th, we felt we needed to give you time. So you got like seven days to prepare your mind, your spirit, your stomach. All right, so for this 21 days of fasting and prayer, um, they have produced a beautiful brochure. Unfortunately, there's only approximately 300 of them left, so please take only one. If there is one at the exits, by the time you get there, all right? And uh, you can download it online. Go online. You can download the whole thing. And we'll plan to have some more here, uh, Lord willing, next weekend. But this is coming up, and uh, it's going to be an exciting time. Thank God for the wonderful blessings of God upon us when we fast. And when it comes to a new year, Starting off by fasting and prayer in the month of January, I believe is the right thing to do. Amen? And uh, 2020, you're going to hear all kinds of thoughts, ideas. You're going to see on Facebook, everywhere, Instagram, comments about 2020. Let me just ask, because this will be a, a vision, 2020 vision, of course, uh, out there everywhere. But how many of you actually have 2020? Uh, how many of you just lied? And uh, how many of you wish you had 2020? All right. Well, pray and believe God. All right. So anyway, uh, my eyes are good. I had Lasix in one eye for reading several years ago. Um, and um, recently, though, I don't know why she did this to me. My wife said, I want you to go get your eyes just checked. I'm like, no, I don't really need. I see just fine, Alice. I know, but just get them checked. And so like a lamb to the slaughter, I follow her to the doctor, get my eyes checked. And of course, you know, um, we're going to give you a prescription of glasses. I put them on, didn't like them. Said, I don't need these things. The other night, um, there was something she said, well, how does that look? I looked at it, it was kind of fuzzy, to be honest with you, and, uh, and I, she said, well, put the glasses on, and I put them on, and I'm like, I don't even want to tell her. I just want to keep it to myself, how good this looks, and, uh, but uh, anyway, 2020 is going to be a great year, praise God, and uh, it's uh, going to start off with fasting. We're telling you a week in advance so that you can prepare, not so that you can eat everything in sight for this seven days, all right? Uh, we do not want you to pig out this week. We want you to start preparing as if you were preparing for a marathon. Uh, start cutting back a little bit, preparing, thinking about what you're going to eat, the kind of meals, and, and the uh, download from the computer, the uh, site faithassembly.org uh, will give you details, and this one will too uh, if you get your hands on one of them. But fasting is going to be a great time, and I'm excited about it. Fasting is not something we do to manipulate God. It is not something we do to force God's hand. 
No, we fast to get closer to God. We fast to deny ourselves uh, uh, something so that we can focus on God. And at the first of the year, what better time? So that maybe we need to refocus after everything that's happened through the holidays, through the year, and then you just carry it right on through into the whole year. Let it impact your life. It is a wonderful opportunity to say, Lord, I'm going to do this. Maybe some of you have never fasted before. We made it really simple. This is the Daniel fast, and it is simply no meat, no bread, and no dessert. Some of you are saying, what's left? <laughs> well, there are a lot of things left, all right? And we're not going to get into uh, all the things, the questions you may have this morning. Go online or even stop by the bookstore. We've got some books in there on fasting. But look at whatever you're thinking about it. Is it meat? And let me just say, fish is actually meat. All right, so anyway, some of you thought you were gonna get away with that one. All right, we'll just eat meat or fish. Uh, but no meat, no fish, no pork, no meat, period. All right, so, and no bread. Maybe we should add no rice. Oh, okay, no, we won't do that, all right. But maybe we cut back on rice, all right. And that turns, of course, to starch, and you know what starch turns to, all right. So uh, we cut back, we do without meat, bread, and dessert. So don't overdo it this week on desserts. Well, where do we get this Daniel fast? Because usually in the New Testament, when you read about the words fast, it's talking about doing without food altogether. When Jesus fasted before he was tempted, he did without food for 40 days. No food whatsoever. Uh, I've done, um, in years past, I've done a week, two weeks uh, without food. One time, one shake a day, a protein shake, one a day for 40 days. Uh, and I only did that because Bill Bright, who was much older than I, did 40 days and starting in, started encouraging everybody to fast 40 days. And then there was a lady. I can't remember who she was. I've forgotten her. All right, so she would come by and say, Pastor, are you going to fast like Bill Bright? Are you going to fast like Bill Bright? I'd be like, I, I, well, just pray for me. And she wouldn't leave me alone. Every week it was like, are you going to fast like Bill Bright? I'm like, holy camole, a Presbyterian is going to force me as a Pentecostal to fast 40 days. And so eventually, by the grace of God, he did it for several years in a row, a great Presbyterian at that. All right, so anyway, let me show you why we uh, are doing the Daniel fast. Let's just go to Daniel chapter 1, verse uh, 12 and 13. And Daniel along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, went to the steward and said, why don't you allow us to only eat vegetables and drink water for 10 days and test us? And so he said, okay. The steward was a little concerned. He didn't want to get in trouble with the king. Everybody else was eating all the delicacies of the king's table. So Daniel and his friends only ate vegetables and water. And at the end of the 10 days, 
The Bible says they looked better, healthier, more robust. Uh, the word is fat there in the King James, but that's translated, could have been translated better. They were more robust. They, they looked better. Just think about it. In 20-something days, you're going to look better. You, you should have said amen. All right, I'm just telling you right there. Uh, some of you are like, I don't know if I am or not. I, dear God, have mercy. I, these men for 10 days look better. And so then uh, in uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 and 3, Daniel said, I was mourning or I was fasting for 21 days uh, and I ate uh, no pleasant food no meat, so no pleasant food, bread, with uh, why we have included bread. So the Daniel fast, we've simply said, no meat, no bread, no dessert. Uh, and you're like, okay, what do I eat? Well, I'll, let me start you off for breakfast. Uh, uh, what I eat almost every morning in my life is a good thing for you to consider. Uh, organic oatmeal blueberry with blueberries, they're cheap at Sam's, and, uh, and then uh, walnuts, and then uh, half a banana. Uh, you'll feel better. You'll look better, all right? It'll make your lady came up to me. She said, Pastor, I eat that, and look at my skin. Uh, it's smooth, and so I'm like, you're right. Dear Lord, eat more oatmeal. All right, so anyway, no meat, no bread, no dessert. And on this fast, it's a good time. For those things that you really know you should give up, like soft drinks, uh, you know you should give it up, but you've been having a hard time for 21 days. You can give it up, and you don't ever have to go back to it. I know that's a hard one. I thought I never could, but uh, finally, by the grace of God, I was able to overcome that, and periodically, I'll drink just a little bit if we see a movie and get a kid's Coke and share it. But anyway, it's a wonderful thing to be free from something that seems to dominate in our lives, and regardless of what it is. Maybe it's something else that you need to give up and let go of. Well, let me uh, go to another verse. It's found in Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. And 15. Then the disciples of John came to Jesus saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus responded and said, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn uh, as long as the bridegroom is there? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away. And from them, and then they will fast. So here we are. Jesus is back in heaven, and so you and I are fulfilling the word of God by fasting according to the very words of Christ himself. There is a spiritual delight that far supersedes the physical diet of this world. Fasting is the means of by which we say to God, more than our stomachs want food, our souls want you, oh God. So this is a time we draw close to God. I want you 
to establish a prayer time in your life. You're a believer. You're a follower of Christ. This is going to help you grow tremendously in the year 2020. Establish a time every day where you can read the Word. You can spend some time in prayer during this 21 days. We're going to have a Friday night prayer on the 10th of January, the 17th of January, and the 24th of January from 7 to 9. We used to have them before we started Saturday night service on Friday night and Saturday night for those that couldn't come. One night they could come the other. So I want you to prioritize it. You say, well, Pastor, we have family night on Friday nights. Well, for three weekends, put family side at time, or better yet, bring family to the prayer meeting, all right, and bring them. Nothing will be more impactful than bringing your family and sitting here as a family and for an hour plus just praying, calling on God, praying about needs in your family, our nation, other families, uh, other needs that we'll put on the board. Just three Friday nights, uh, the whole church coming together. Last year, it was powerful and life-changing to say the least. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Fasting, it ends up being more about our heart than it does our stomach. Uh, Jesus said, there were two men and uh, one said, I fast twice a week. The other said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Only one, Jesus said, went down or went away to his house and was justified. The word justified means just as though we had never sinned. The sinner in this scripture is the one that left the temple that day and went home totally justified. A man as if he had never sinned one sin in his life. But the man, Jesus said, who fasted twice a week and gave tithe of all that he got. This man did not go home justified as though he had never sinned because Jesus said he sinned in his attitude of him being better because of what he did than poor, the poor sinner in the back row. God help us to not have spiritual disciplines in our life that we become proud of and think we're more spiritual than somebody else, that we start comparing ourselves to somebody else. No, it's easy to do. You grow in God, you're reading the Word, you're praying, you're seeking after God, you're tithing, you're fasting, and somebody shares something with you, I'm struggling, and it's easy for the enemy to put the thought in your mind. Well, if you were like me, you wouldn't be in the shape that you're in. God have mercy on our soul for ever thinking that way. Say amen, somebody, all right? Well, that's a good place. The denial of our stomach's 
appetite for food will increase our soul's appetite for God. Wow. And what's going to happen when you say, God, I'm going to do this. I've never done it before. I don't know how I'm going to go 21 days without meat, God. You know how much I love meat, God. I'm talking about you, not me. All right, so, uh, God, you know how much I love bread. Talking about you. Now, all my life I eat bread without butter. And then I got married. (laughs) Bread was just fine all my life without butter. I never knew what bread was like with butter because I never tried it until I got married. And she insisted on putting butter on her bread. And for the first little bit, I'm like, you don't have to do that. That's too much butter. And then she got me to try it. And I'm like, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for bread and butter. No, thank you for hot bread and butter. Amen, amen. Uh, Some of you, now you're going to have to watch it when you go to lunch. One piece of bread, that's all, all right? But last Christmas Day, Alice and I were in Lakeland with our youngest daughter. We had, they served a delicious meal. They served steak. They served hot rolls. The crust was barely crunchy. The inside was hot and soft. And I cut it open. And I put some of Alice's butter in that piece of bread. I thought, I got to have another piece. I only ate half of my steak because I wanted another piece of bread. I know how good bread can be. But don't you eat any of that delicious, wonderful, hot with butter bread during the 21 days. Because when somebody offers it to you and you say, that's all right, your mind is going to be like, you idiot, you. Your mind's going to fight you on this, but you're going to say, God, I know how good that is. I've had it before, but God, I'm willing to lay anything down for you. I'll lay my life down. I'll lay bread down. I'll lay anything down for you, Lord. I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to realize that, yeah, my, my denial of my appetite is going to increase my appetite for God. And that's a mystery I know because what's, what else is going to happen is something supernatural you're not aware of. Because when you deny your flesh for food, all of a sudden the power of the Holy Spirit starts breaking other chains from your life and other things that held you down are now being broken away by the power of the Holy Spirit simply by denying your flesh of eating something you want to eat, the power of that. Jesus didn't say his disciples would fast just to give them something to do. There is supernatural anointing on this discipline when we do it to honor God and to obey the Lord and to draw nigh to God. There's absolutely something incredible that happens. Years ago, in our first home, over behind the church at Goldenrod in that little neighborhood, there was a couple that lived behind us. He was an older man, older than her, and 
Um, he had been divorced from his fa- wife and family and married this woman. And during that time, he came down with an illness and was sick for a period of time. It was during that sick period of time for him, she left him. I'm going to read a statement. I hope they have it to put it on the board. But this relates to our love for God. The opportunity of sacrifice. I'm going to wait for them to find The opportunity of sacrifice. You don't have it, do you? No. Because only I have it highlighted. Listen to it. The opportunity of sacrifice failed to reveal true love. Her opportunity of sacrifice failed to reveal true love. True love doesn't leave someone than when they're sick. True love comes alongside no matter the sacrifice. And true love stays. That's why when we have an opportunity to sacrifice in our relationship with God, oh God, I willingly, God, because I love you with all my heart. During this fast of This is an easy fast, really. Aren't you glad I'm not calling you to a total no food fast for 21 days? So if you start feeling like, how can I do this? Uh, Just say, Pastor said he's going to call you to a whole food fast if if you don't get this one right. All right, it's going to be easy. You're going to accomplish it. You're going to be glad. It's going to be easy for you. God's going to help you. No meat, no bread, no dessert. But uh, the truth of the matter is, maybe God's speaking to you about giving up something else. Uh, During this 21 days, I shared last night and this morning earlier, I'm not going to watch TV for 21 days. 21 days is a long time. You know that when you're you're talking about not watching TV, it's a long time. 21 days. Or maybe, maybe God's saying to you, give up social media. Give up social media. Stay off Facebook. There's too much junk on there anyway. Too many people airing their dirty laundry on there anyway. And so you're going to stay off. Uh, You'll be better for it staying off. Or maybe, maybe one of your problems that you need God to help you with during this fashion, maybe it's shopping. All right, so maybe I've gone too far here. But anyway, it's... uh, (laughs) Maybe it's shopping. You, you get a little down, uh, I'm just going to go shopping. The truth of the matter is this. The truth of the matter is this. That all of us face things in life and either we're going to turn to God or without even thinking about it sometimes, we turn to other things. In other words, People that have deep pain or deep disappointment, what do they turn to? They're either going to turn to God. Sometimes they turn to food. The truth of the matter is we have all turned to food, at least some in our lives. I I so regret, and I ask your forgiveness of something because a year or so ago, or maybe in the last year, this year, I told about the doctor telling me because I needed more phosphorus to eat ice cream. And I I told you, he ordered me to eat it. 
And so I had to eat it. I, had, I didn't have a choice. And uh, I, I went to Publix. I got my favorite butter pecan ice cream and put Ritz sprinkles or crushed Ritz crackers up over it. I started eating. I told some of you. I didn't expect to happen what happened. Some of you got addicted. And you're still addicted. And during this 21 days, God's going to deliver you from that. All right? So I'm just telling you right now. I've already been delivered. For over a year, I ate almost every day. And he told me to. And finally, I'm like, I got to stop this because I realized something. That if I was discouraged about something, guess what I'd do? I'd go home. I'd pull out the freezer. I'd open my ice cream. If I was really discouraged, I'd put two or three scoops, <laughs> an extra rich cracker. If, I, if everything was pretty good, I'd just use one scoop. But if it was bad, I'd, oh, Lord, I need a whole bowl. <laughs> and finally, I'm like, I can't do this. I got to stop. And I said, I'm not eating anymore. And I was good for a week or so. And I drove by, I drove by Publix. And it was like, you know, that car that drives itself. It was just like my car was just driving itself right into Publix. And, and I went in and I got a half a gallon. I ate it. And I repented. And I said, God, help me. God help me. Finally, I'm, I'm here to tell you I'm clean. After about three months, I'm clean. I am, thank God, I am clean. Praise God forever. But when people have issues, they either turn to God or they turn to other things. And during this fast, what's going to happen if you've got issues you're not dealing with? They're going to rise to the surface of your life. If it's anger, if it's unforgiveness, if it's just pain all the way back from childhood, it's going to rise to the surface of your life. And God, that's a good thing because God is saying to you, I will help you overcome. You don't have to medicate, self-medicate on food. You don't have to medicate on, on this or, or shopping or, or just whatever it is. You don't have to do that. You can turn to God. And God is going to help you be an overcomer. Christians need to grow up. They're too sensitive. There's too many people that have been hurt so much. It's like you say anything and they're like, ah, you hurt me. And sure, we've hurt people. And yes, we should ask forgiveness. But for heaven's sakes, Let's don't be so easily hurt. Let's let this 21 days of being with God help us to grow up and be the kind of believer that's not going to be easily offended. And we're going to turn to God. We're not going to turn to something else. Let me close with two statements. This is an opportunity to empty our soul that has been stuffed with small things so we can make room for great things. God did not create us for small things. He created us to have an appetite for him, and it can be awakened in your life. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, awaken in our lives. Awaken in our lives, oh God, a desire for great things. God, awaken it. Lord, Maybe some have lost their first love. God, they've allowed other things to enter in. And that first love for you, before they realized it was pushed aside.
They didn't even intend for it to happen. Maybe it was even some good things they allowed to push you out of that prominent place of being first in our lives. God, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that when we fail, you're there to pick us up, brush us off. Say it's another year, another day. God, thank you for that. Lord, touch those that may be in this building that do not know you. As Lord and Savior, they believe in you in their mind, but they don't have a heart relationship. Oh God, may they turn to you this moment in time in Jesus' name. On one occasion at the edge of the Samaritan village, Jesus said to his disciples who brought him food from somewhere else, they said, here, take, eat, eat. It's, you need to eat something, Lord. And Jesus says, I, I have food to eat that you know not of. Many people in that little village of Samaria, including the woman that had had five husbands and was living with a man, she's the one that first came in contact with the Savior. And he spoke life to her. She ran into the city after believing he was the Christ, the Savior of the world, to tell the whole city. She had lived a life of shame, but now she had met someone who took that shame away, and she goes and tells everyone, come, you need to hear this. And they came, and they heard. And many of them, the Bible says, believed that he was the Christ, the Savior of the world. And it so filled Jesus that when they said, here, eat something, he said, I don't need to eat. My soul is satisfied. And it has totally taken away my appetite. God, touch our hearts. Touch our hearts, oh God. While every head is bowed and Christians, you're whispering a prayer of intercession because there are people in this building that need God desperately. They need forgiveness. They need to know the Christ, the Savior of the world. So across this building, if that's you, you need God. You need His forgiveness. That's you. You need to turn to Christ and believe. Why don't you right now just lift your hand high. Lift it up high. Do it now. God bless. God bless you. Others, quickly, just lift your hand high. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? Quickly. Just lift your hand high. Yes. God bless. You can put it down. Bless you. Bless you. Anyone else? You sense him, don't you? There in the back. God bless you. He's here just as he was there on the edge of that Samaritan village. He's here. He's here to change your life just like he was there to change hers and a good portion of that city or town. Anybody else? Anyone else? Lift your hand high. Do it now. Anyone else? Father, yes, God bless you. Father, Father God Almighty, thank you for the love of God. Thank you, Lord God, for this coming new year. Thank you, Lord, we can enter into it knowing you as Lord and Savior, turning back to you, oh God, to that first love.
Stir our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Stand with us, please, everyone. Please, no one's slipping out yet. Give us a few more moments. We've stopped a few minutes early. Right now, if you will, here's what we're going to do. For those of you that raised your hand, Pastor John, as always, is going to lead us in a chorus. And when he starts this chorus, I, I want you. I don't want you to stand there and battle, should I? No. God has great plans for your life. And it starts with you humbling yourself before him. You've already acknowledged your need of God. And so I'm going to challenge you to come to this altar area and let us pray with you before you leave this building. It's just You can just come, pray, and you can slip out. You don't have to stay here any length of time. But there's something about stepping out and humbling yourself. And so for everybody else in this building, when he starts to sing, I want to challenge you. Ah, it's the last Sunday of the year. I want to challenge you to lift your hands and worship God. And maybe you're one of those that you're a believer, but there's some things in your life you know, you know you need to deal with them. God's been speaking to you. Come, let God minister to your life today. Pastor John, lead us. Those of you that raise your hand, you step out. Do it now. Move to the aisle. There in the back over here. Move to the aisle. Make your way to the front. Everyone else, if you'll just lift your hands to God. Lift your hands to the Lord. Praise Him. Exalt Him. And right now, from all over this building, you need Jesus. Step out and come. Sir, don't put it off. Why wait? Come. Give your life to Christ. Say yes to God. Every person in this building that raised your hand, come on, do it now. From the risers, there are people there. You didn't raise your hand, but God's dealing with your heart. Step out, come. It's not too far to walk here. Say yes to God. Yes to God. Yes to God. Make your way here. Father, in the name of Jesus, have mercy, oh God. Have mercy, oh God. Have mercy, oh God. Have mercy, oh God. Everything I God have mercy. Holding nothing back. Jesus. 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 Jesus, my God. Yes. There are others. We need people in the altar. We need people to come pray with these that are here. Just step out and come. Guys, yes. In Jesus' name, there are others that you need God. Jesus, my Lord, my God and my Lord. Oh, Jesus, my God and my Lord. Have mercy, oh God. Jesus, my God. Oh, God. Here are a couple ladies right over here. Here are a couple young ladies right over here. Uh, one of you ladies that, uh, in the, uh, yes, God bless you, right over here. Others, let me just say as always, after Pastor John prays, there's still time to come and say yes to God. I mean, I know you can do it there in the seat. I know that. But there's just something about stepping out. There's that acknowledgement, me. I'm a man, but I need God. 
My children need a godly father. So step out and come, even after this prayer today. Slip your hand in this direction. Would you do that? Pray with Pastor John as he leads us. We still need uh, some more people, some men, any of your ushers that serve in the men's uh, God encounters, you ladies that serve in the God encounters, you step out and come right now. There's several people that need someone to pray with them. Would you do it, please? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much, Lord, for your presence in this place, and thank you for these that you've drawn to these altars. Those that are reaching out to you right now, even over this broadcast, Lord, we thank you that you're making differences in lives right now. We thank you, Lord God, that you're saving and delivering, that you're turning situations around. We thank you, Lord God, that you're causing self-worth to rise, Lord God, and allowing people to see themselves as your daughters and sons. Thank you, Lord God, that you're reminding people of purpose, Lord God, that you have in their lives. Thank you, Lord God, for taking away fear and, and anxiety and depression, Lord God, and bringing joy and peace into lives. Thank you, Lord, for giving hope, Lord God, where there was hopelessness, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for doing the miraculous in the lives of our brothers and sisters today. And thank you, God, for how you've spoken to each and every one of us. You've moved in our lives, God, today. And God, we don't take it for granted that we've spent time in your presence. But God, we pray that even as we leave this time here in this building and in this gathering, God, I pray that when we leave, we would continue to walk in your presence, that we would continue to hear you speaking to us, continue to hear you uh, moving, God, in, in, in the various ways that, will, that you will, Father. I pray, God, that we'll walk in victory and that we'll walk in favor, Lord God, and that we'll walk, Lord God, with our heads held high, knowing that you've got us every step of the way. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would keep us until the moment that we would meet together again to bring you praise, glory, and honor for all that you've done. We love you, Lord God, and we thank you for your blessings resting upon each and every person under the sound of my voice. We honor you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, church. We love you so much. We hope to see you again very soon. Happy New Year to you and your families. God bless.